Another trade deadline in the books. Uh, wasn't super exciting, but there's still plenty to chat about. I'll be joined by a few different guests, uh, probably about an hour, so it won't be too long. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I think you've become bad. Almost as if something is moving below us. Act a little peculiar and you're an outsider. Perhaps you've always been bad. Uh-huh. We are programmed to bring you a live broadcast on the What's the Funk, but now resurrected lost art. Don't you feel it? Brego. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I am your host, Adam King, at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. At FBI Basketball on Twitter is where you can find us. Uh, trade deadline, uh, coming and gone. I woke up uh, a few hours ago to not much news. Uh, we didn't get any significant moves, I don't think. Um, but look, still plenty to talk about, still some fantasy takeaways I'm joined by Raphael Johnson and Kayla Fonte for the first portion of this show. Uh, Raphael, start with you. How how did you find the the trade deadline? I enjoyed it personally from a fan standpoint. Obviously, the Knicks did some things Knicks, that yep. I think really they helped their roster. But in terms of the big names, we didn't get the movement that we thought we did. We thought we were going to. I guess the biggest names happened earlier in the season. We think about Toronto trading Siakam and Ananobi. Um, yep. as two examples. So I think maybe this is going to shake out to be like a really wild summer uh, just because of all the salary cap implications. But today was more about improving around the edges for some teams. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, some, some certainly some real-life improvements. Um, Kayla, I know you've done a couple of shows already today, so you're probably sick of talking about the deadline and, and the <laughs> trades. But, but how have you found it overall? Uh, I would describe it as interesting and underwhelming. To be honest with you, I don't think there was a whole lot of fantasy relevance. Um, like you said, Raphael, there was more important moves that happened earlier on in the season. Like there was still some interesting trades to look into, like Buddy Healed, for instance, um, and some of the implications from other deals, like with Asar Thompson possibly rising there. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so we'll, I'll bring up, I've done some quick slides um, just so I'm not, so I know what I'm talking about, really. Um, capturing, I think, all of the moves um, in no particular order. Uh, so we'll just work our way through these and talk about if there's any obvious winners or losers and, and the fancy implications. Um, probably one of the bigger trades, um, and this probably tells you how sort of underwhelming it was in terms of big names moving, was Daniel Gafford being traded to the Mavericks. Um, for Rashawn Holmes and a first-round pick. So, obviously, the pick doesn't matter for us. Uh, so, it's basically Gafford for Holmes here. And, and this is an interesting one. I, I think there's probably a little bit to talk about with this one. This this might be the, the most impactful. Um, so, with Gafford leaving Washington, is it Marvin Bagley? Sadly, is it Marvin Bagley time for fantasy managers? Uh, he probably rostered in a lot of leagues already, uh, but he has been injured, so maybe he was dropped. Um, are we thinking that he rolls out here as the starting centre or is there any hope for for a Sean Holmes? Kayla, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I think um, Bagley is pretty safe to say that he'll be the starting centre. 
Um, he is injured right now, but I believe he's day-to-day, so we'll have to monitor that. Holmes could slide into the starting lineup for now, but I, I think he's going to be in a bench role. Uh, Raphael, do you agree, or, or is there hope here? Because, I mean, three years ago, four years ago, Rashawn Holmes was sort of a, a bit of a fantasy darling. We, his mm-hmm. per-minute upside was was pretty good, and but he, he's just sort of fallen off the radar. Is this an opportunity for him to turn it around, or is he... Is he just going to play that 15-minute backup role? Yeah, I think it's an opportunity, but no one should expect him to get back to his glory years in Sacramento in terms of a fantasy standpoint. So, no, I think the biggest winner here is Marvin Bagley. I've been driving the uh, the Money Marv bandwagon for a little <laughs> while now. So I think this is his great opportunity. You know, once he gets back to full health, maybe he's playing 30-plus minutes per night. Um, it can be a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what you get, but – I think it'll definitely be a worthwhile gamble there in, in DC. Yeah, I think we've seen enough from him to know what you're going to get when he does play those big minutes. So he's not mm-hmm. going to be a high blocks guy or anything like that, but points and rebounds, yeah. um, generally pretty efficient. So, um, yeah, look, pretty solid. Going the other way with, with Daniel Gafford going to Dallas here, I guess the question is, what do we do with Gafford and what do we do with Derek Lively? Um, is there a Who's going to start? Are they going to split minutes? Who are we holding? Um, what are your sort of initial thoughts on this one, um, Raf? I'll start with you. I think you, you hold both of those guys. Um, obviously, you know, Lively out with the broken nose. Not really sure exactly when he'll be back, but I know he's going to be out tonight against the Knicks for sure, but there's too much upside there to panic and think about dropping him uh, if you have him rostered. I think Gafford's still going to be safe for 23, 25 minutes per game. Um, I think it might be an even split, but both of them can give you enough to be worthwhile having, worth having on your rosters. Um, because before the trade, Dallas's center position was kind of a disaster um, without yeah. in the lineup. Like Maxi Klebo played well these last few games, but he wasn't someone they could rely on full time. Same with Dwight Powell. So I think they've gotten better there, and I think both will be relevant in fantasy still. Yeah, and, and Kayla, what – are you sort of on board with that, holding both for now, and we'll just see how things play out over the next couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be that 50-50 split. So in that case, I don't really see anyone being a drop here. Yeah, I think probably per minute, if we were looking at a pure minute split, so say they went 24-24, I think Gafford has probably got slightly more upside just because of the defensive stuff. Um than lively at the moment that could very well change in a couple of seasons if they end up staying together but if you sort of liken this to the situation in atlanta i suppose with with okongwu and capella um their minutes sort of shuffle around a bit some nights it's gafford some nights it's lively there might be foul trouble uh one of them might just be playing better than the other one so could be a little bit like that and and if we look at that as a, a situation by itself both of those guys have had 12-team value all season. Um, I'm not sure either of these guys have that upside of, of Capella or Okongwu, but it could be a similar situation. So I think at the moment, yeah, we're, we're probably just holding and uh, and we'll wait and see when Lively does come back. Um, the next move, probably not much to discuss here. Doug McDermott uh, to the paces. Anything to discuss, Kayla, in this one? <laughs> I just don't think there's any fantasy relevance here. <laughs> no, 
no. Yeah. Um, and, and unless unless you're going to um, prove us wrong here, Raf, I, I think we can move to the next one, which also has no fantasy value. <laughs> yeah, I think only way I'd prove you wrong is if we combine the Buddy Heald trade with it, because then you're talking mm-hmm. about Aaron Neesmith and his upside. Um, yep. you know, moving up significantly. So, yeah, on by itself, it really doesn't offer any fantasy relevance at all. Okay. Well, look, I mean, we might as well talk about the Buddy Heald trade. It's it's yeah. further on my slides here, but while we're talking about the paces, so uh, with Buddy Heald gone uh, now in, in Philly, um, h- how does this impact guys like Neesmith? Because he's been, he's been good. The last month he's been yeah. must roster. Mm-hmm. Um He's a little bit up and down, but he generally does enough um, to to sort of earn that roster spot. How do you think this impacts guys like him? And, and then you've got like Obi Toppin, um, those guys. Like, what, what's the? Are we still holding on to Neesmith here? Oh yeah, for sure. I think this makes him even more of a must roster guy. Um, yeah, someone who is known basically for for being a shooter when he came into the NBA. He's been at their most trusted perimeter defender in addition to the improved offense. So, yeah, he's a must-have. Um, Toppin, maybe there's a slight bump, but he's still dealing with that log jam at the four behind, behind Siakam, so I don't really know if he's going to benefit too much from these moves. Yeah, and I think another winner probably from that, the healed, so, again, not really much to do with the Doug McDermott acquisition here, but mm-hmm. he's Ben Mather and Benedict Mather yeah. probably um, isn't doesn't have to compete with healed now for those minutes. Um, your thoughts on the paces, Kayla, anything to add? Yeah, I think the main thing is just that Matherin, uh, Neesmith, a lot of upside there. There's going to be more usage, um, more production. So I, those are two that I'm really have my eyes on right now. Neesmith is slightly higher, um, just because we know with Matherin, he's a little bit hot and cold sometimes, but I think now that there's more of an opportunity for him, he has uh, more upside. Uh, the next one before we move to the the, the next page there is Robin Lopez uh, to the Sacramento Kings um, expected to be waived. I think this was really just the um, if if you've watched the Bucks play the last couple of games, Robin Lopez actually started. Um, so I think the front office has just got rid of him so that Doc yeah. Rivers doesn't have the opportunity to start him anymore. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm right in saying there's no fantasy value here. I, I assume you both agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Let's move on indeed. Uh, Corey Joseph to the Pacers. Uh, well, another Pacers move that probably doesn't move the needle at all. Uh, Corey Joseph, I don't know. I feel like he'll find a way to to be in the rotation on some nights. It's just what he does. But he shouldn't be. But he, he just does. So, but again, no no fantasy value for me mm. here. Um Delano Banton to the Trailblazers. Look, probably not. Probably not any fantasy um, movement or value here. But just given it's the Blazers and given they they could roll out anything at the end of the year, maybe he comes into the rotation at, at some point. I'm I'm not doing anything now. Um, Kayla, what what about you? Anything on this one? Nothing yet. Uh, like you said, there, there's that possibility near the end of the season, but that's still quite a ways away. So yep. you don't really have to take any action right now. Yep. And and Raf, I mean, same opinion there. Yeah, I think he's a watch list guy for the reason that you mentioned. Um, I'm kind of intrigued to see what where they would play him position-wise. Um, you've mm. got Scoot Henderson, you've got Anthony Simons. 
Banton, Banton has some playmaking abilities, but I don't see him as a point guard. Will he have those opportunities on the wing, you know, if he cracks the rotation? So I'm interested to see what happens there. But, yeah, I'm not going to, like, plan to add him right now or in the next two weeks. No, no, just keep an eye on him. And, and look, yeah. if, um, yeah, Jeremy Grant, maybe he gets shut down at some point. Um, Brogdon, whether he gets shut down. So, yeah, look, there's, there's um, yeah, something to watch there. Uh, the next one is again not a not a fantasy relevant um, move, but Jaden Springer to the Celtics was an interesting one for me because I they basically they've just given him up for nothing here, and he's a good player. Like unless I'm seeing something that that they don't, but this is a really nice addition for the Celtics real mm-hmm. life. Like he gives them some some really nice depth. Um, on a squad that's already arguably the best squad in the league. So um, no fantasy value because he's not going to have a big role, but I'm not sure what the, what the Sixers were thinking here. Um, they got rid of Pat Beverly as well. So it's Tyrese Maxey and, and I'm assuming they're going to, they're going to grab someone from the buyout market, whether it's Kyle Lowry or Spencer Dinwiddie, but um yeah, was this a sort of – I mean, I can see you sort of nodding along there, Raph. Do you agree that this was a, an odd move by the Sixers? If this essentially turns into Jaden Springer for Kyle Lowry, Sixers fans should be furious because, <laughs> like, I don't understand why you'd get – it feels like they're kind of caught in the middle. They don't know exactly when or if Embiid will be back this season. So if he's not back, then someone like Pat Beverly. I wouldn't say he doesn't help you, but they're clearly not going to be the contender that they thought they'd be. So if that's the case, I don't know why you give up a promising talent like Springer. Mm. I think in Boston, he could be helpful just because of the athleticism. He can be a bit of a defensive pest. But like you said, it's not going to impact fantasy. It's just, I don't know, it it feels like a move that Philly felt like they had to do something, so they just went ahead and did it. But I don't think they should have done this. Kayla, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, a lot of question marks behind the thought process here, but there's there's no fantasy relevance, but in real life it's a good ad, I would say, for the uh the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Um all right. So yeah, I just mentioned um Pat Beverly also gone from the Sixers over to the Bucks. Um I mean this one possibly has a little bit of fantasy relevance in deeper leagues. Um Beverly will play the backup. Um, behind Lillard because campaign's gone. Um, but it, it's basically the role that Pat Beverly's been playing all season and, and for the last few years of his career. So outside of some streaming appeal, if Lillard gets injured, you, you maybe pick him up for a couple of games. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much to do here. I, I, I like it. From a real life, like he he feels like a good fit in the Bucks system. Um, he gives them some of that defensive tenacity that they're potentially lacking at the guard spot. Damian Lillard is by no means an elite defender, so um, I, I like it for the Bucks real life. But in terms of fantasy, I'm not really making any moves. Um, Kayla, agree? Disagree? Yeah, agree. There's no uh, fantasy relevance here. If anything, possibly a streaming option, but. Nothing right now. Yeah. And and Raph, same same thing. I think if anything, maybe you're watching for those minutes when Lillard is on the bench, see who does the playmaking. Um, 
is it a Chris Middleton or maybe a Giannis for stretches that could possibly boost their assists a little bit? But in terms of Beverly himself, yeah, he's a streamer at best when they're down when they're down Lillard. Yeah, and and just I mean Middleton could be out a little bit here. He's got an ankle yeah, injury, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously we do have the All Star break coming up, so that helps in terms of missed yeah. games. But um, if we've learned anything about the Bucks and Middleton, they're going to be cautious with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have no problem <laughs> easing him back in slowly. So maybe there's a, a little opportunity for Beverly to do a, a little bit more of that ball handling um, until Middleton's back. So. Yeah, certainly someone to watch. Um, this one, so so a few pieces in this one. So Royce O'Neill and David Roddy going to Phoenix. Um, Nets are just getting picks. It's, it's just picks other than that. But I guess, so it's really the Suns we're looking at here. Again, I think real life, Royce O'Neill is a good pickup for them because that's probably one thing that they are lacking is depth and, and players and options coming off the bench. But for me, I mean, he's just going to play a similar role to what he was doing in Brooklyn, if not less. Um, but, I mean, we've seen in 30 minutes a night, he's sort of borderline 12, 14 team. Um, are we adding Royce O'Neill here in standard leagues or, or, or deeper leagues potentially, Raf? Maybe deeper leagues. Um, but, yeah, I think... He gives you a little bit more size than Grayson Allen, obviously. So I don't think – I think that would be the one player I'd be concerned about in terms of potential impact. But I don't think it'll be too much on Allen. I think he's played too well to be moved out of the starting lineup. So I think O'Neal's probably worth a look in deep leagues, but I'm not rushing out to Adam personally. And Kayla, say, mm-hmm. is O'Neal someone that you like or we're happy to just uh, move on? Yeah, I'm happy to kind of just leave this one alone. Um, I think, like, at the very most, he is a deep league ad, but I'm not really taking any action here either. Uh, so the next one, actually, sort of I, a couple of relevant. Yeah, Raph. I have a quick question on this trade. Yep. Can I nominate Chemezi Metu in Memphis? Because he's one of the guys. Yeah, I think he and Utah Watanabe were sent to Memphis. I think Jordan Goodwin and Kata Bates-Diop are going to Brooklyn. It's a really screwed up trade. Like it got reported in like three or four different parts. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Metu, especially in Memphis, given how banged up they are, mm-hmm. I think he's someone to keep an eye on, you know, once they get, get those guys going down there. Yep. Very good call. Um he they well, they they don't have Tillman. Um, so he's he's mm-hmm. gone. Um Jaron Jackson is well injured. Who well, yeah. he's not playing. Um so yeah, look, he is, and and if if I remember back to, I want to say it was the Christmas Day game where Chimezi mm-hmm. Metu had it's like twenty one like and nineteen, huge double double. Um, <laughs> so the, there's something there, and, and so if Memphis do prioritize him and and give him starters minutes, then definitely someone to consider picking up. It's just for me. It's not an issue of what he can do in the minutes and that sort of thing. It's it's Memphis mm-hmm. at the moment, knowing like if he has two good games, it's almost like they're going to say, no, no, you're playing too well. Yeah. <clears throat> Remember that ankle you injured six months ago? We want to look after that. So, um, yeah, definitely someone. But the Grizz- the whole Grizzlies situation yeah. is, is frustrating mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, 
PJ Washington to the to Mavericks. Now, this was actually a, a pretty interesting one. Um, we we thought Charlotte would be moving Miles Bridges. Uh, I did a show last night with uh, with Maddie G and 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 Dmac, who who Kayla does her show with, and and mm-hmm. I just prior to doing that show, I'd seen Woj on on a video talking about the sh- the fact that Charlotte no longer we were no longer interested in moving Bridges, and that they were now looking to re-sign him, and it appears that might be the case because they didn't move him. They moved PJ Washington instead um, to the Mavericks and in return they're getting Grant Williams and Seth Curry. So starting with PJ Washington, what do we think um, going to Dallas here? Will he, well, will he start? Um, I guess is the first question. And and are we adding him? Because he might've been dropped in a few spots. Um, so do we think he, he can increase his value in Dallas, or, or is it just going to be much of the same? Um, Raph, let's go with you. I think he can be, be a bit better in Dallas, um, whether he starts or comes off the bench, just because between Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, that's a significant upgrade from what he is dealing with in Charlotte. And that would be even if LaMelo Ball were healthy, to be honest with you. So I think that will help him a bit. Um, it's a matter, does he start over Derek Jones Jr.? I think he offers more offensively, but I think they like what Derek brings to the table defensively. So I don't know if that would happen, but I still think PJ can get good 25 minutes. That would give him some value um, in standard leagues. Kayla, your thoughts on, on PJ there? Yeah, I would agree with that, especially if he's uh, in a starting role, which is something that he it was difficult for him to hold on to in Charlotte. So I kind of want to monitor and see what happens with the lineup and the rotation. Um, I would consider adding if I had the space and if there wasn't anyone better than him on the waivers though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's actually a, <clears throat> just looking at it now and looking at depth charts and things like that. It's, it, it is an interesting way. As you said, they do like what Derek Jones brings in terms of defensive upside, but I still think that, Washington might play more minutes than him. Like mm-hmm. it could be a situation where Jones starts but only plays 22 minutes, 23 mm-hmm. minutes, and, and Washington comes off the bench and plays 28. Um, gives them more offensive uh, options, which alongside Kyrie and, and Luca, if you can draw any of the defenders away from those two, which at the moment Derek Jones doesn't really do, um, PJ will. So, yeah, I, I don't mind this move. I don't think it's, there's a sort of a significant shift in value or anything like that for PJ. But I think it probably just solidifies him as a 12-team option rest of season. Um, Whereas in Charlotte, it was a bit up in the air because the whole team is up in the air. So if we look at the Charlotte side of things, getting Grant Williams and Seth Curry here, are we expecting Grant Williams to step into that starting spot that Washington had been uh, playing in? or, Or will he come off the bench um, Seth Curry, I don't know, I feel like his best is behind him. We haven't really seen much from him, but but he does give them another shooting option, a bit of floor spacing. So are we seeing any value here, Kayla, in Charlotte? Not really much. Um, I kind of have my eye on Grant Williams right now. I just kind of want to see how the lineup shapes up. But he's not a must-add for me at the moment, just more of a monitor. Yeah, and Raf, same there, or is there someone someone here uh, that's worth adding? I think that's fair in terms of Grant Williams. Um, you know, we still don't know what's going on with Mark Williams. 
Um, they play different mm-hmm. positions, but obviously that's going to be a huge uh, situation to monitor there in Charlotte as well. But yeah, Grant Williams, I think just someone to keep an eye on because he really wasn't playing well in Dallas. Um, Seth Curry wasn't barely in a rotation down there. I don't think he's going to be in a rotation in Charlotte either. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, look, and I, and I guess, yeah, Grant Williams, he doesn't have a particularly fantasy-friendly game. He, he's mm-hmm. a much better real-life player. Um, but if, as you said, with with no sort of timeline on Mark Williams or anything like that, Grant Williams can certainly play a small ball five. Um, yeah. He did it in Boston and, and he did a little bit in Dallas. So there might be some minutes there, but, um, yeah, no, nothing significant, I don't think. Um, now, I'm going to... Let you two guys go in a minute, but there are a few questions, so I thought I'd just throw them up um, and let you guys will go through a couple of the questions. Matt Carmody says, did any team really push the needle in terms of getting a lot better? Maybe the Mavericks. So looking at teams from a, a real-life perspective, and and I'll I'll start with you, Raf, because um, you, you talked about this at the start of the show. The Knicks um, mm-hmm. made some nice moves here. Um so you're obviously pretty high on what they did. So talk a little bit about them, but are there any other teams that you think got better uh, as a result of this deadline? I think Oklahoma City. Um, now, obviously, Gordon Hayward's health is always a wild card here, but they needed to get a reliable shooter um, and someone with some postseason experience for a really good young team. I don't think they gave up very much in getting him either. So I think that was a good move. Um you know, the Knicks, obviously, you get Bogdanovich and Burks without giving up much in terms of draft capital. Give up two second-round picks in addition to the players that, for the most part, were on the back end of the rotation besides Quentin Grimes. So I think those two are probably the ones who maybe moved the needle. But, yeah, it was it was a bit underwhelming in terms of if you're looking for those big moves today. And what about you, Kayla? Any, any teams here that got significantly better? Yeah, the main ones for me would just be the Mavericks and the Knicks. Um, more so the Knicks, just because, like you said, they brought in a lot of players without giving up a lot, and they addressed key needs um, that they just had to get, right? Especially with Randall. Um, Randall's out for a few weeks. OG, I think, has been out for a while, too. Uh, we don't really know when he's going to return just quite yet. So they addressed a lot of needs, and I think that's uh, that's been great for them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, as as Raf said as well, the Thunder, um, I think just adding a little bit of depth there with Gordon Haywood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Raptors, like given that they're not really doing much, I think the addition of Kelly Olynyk um, mm-hmm. just gives them a, like another option there. Um, Agbaji, we don't know really what he is yet, but take a bit of a chance on him and let's see what he can do. Um, and then I think just teams like we, we said, uh, I think Boston, Adding Jaden Springer for nothing makes them just gives them that that depth. Phoenix got a little bit more depth, but um, yeah, it's really the Knicks, uh, the Mavericks shoring up that backup center spot because they really mm-hmm. struggled when Lively wasn't there. So um, yeah, I think they're the teams. Uh, hey team, is Miles v- Vito Bridges the biggest <laughs> winner in fantasy not getting traded? So. The, the concerns, obviously, he was initial reports were that he was going to go to Phoenix or, or that they were in, interested in him. And I think the concern uh, there, fantasy-wise, was that he would be maybe a top 100 player, playing alongside Durant, Beal, Booker. 
now that he's going to stay in Charlotte, PJ Washington is gone. Um, he's coming off back-to-back 40-point games. Do we think he can be top 30, top 40 rest of the season? So basically what he's been doing, can he do that for the rest of the season, um, Kayla? Yeah, I think he'd stay around that mark. Um, top 50 for sure, I would say. Um, I just want to say I'm very glad that I didn't trade him because there was a lot of rumors about him going to Phoenix, which really would have hurt his value. But I think there's a lot of potential there and he's going to be the leader on this team right now. Yeah, and, and Raph, agreed? Yeah, I think the only concern you really have at this point is a, a potential shutdown mm-hmm. later in the season. So, yep. But other than that, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be good for top 30, top 40 value. Yeah, yeah. I've got him in a couple of leagues and, and I held on to him um, and, and pretty glad I did. He's keeping me afloat this week in points in a couple of leagues. So, um, yeah, I'm okay. Flamelo sits out a little bit longer and, and Miles Bridges just fires <laughs> up all the shots in the world. Um, we'll do one more because it's on Charlotte. Uh, and... Not sure if you're taking questions. We'll always take questions. Um, it gives us something to talk about. If Cody Martin can stay healthy, uh, can he profit from Haywood being gone? I mean, Haywood hasn't been in the rotation anyway, yeah. but he, he was potentially going to come back at some point. But do you think Cody Martin is a bit of a winner here? Um, because I I do, and I actually picked yeah. him up about, oh, what, 45 minutes ago in a 14-team league. Um I think he can probably get 28 to 30 minutes. He'll get you some threes, some steals. He's been getting assists with no Lamello there. I think he's had a couple of eight assist games. So mm-hmm. what do you think about Cody Martin, Rafi? Is he someone worth grabbing? I think so, for sure. They've been using him as the starting point guard recently with Lamello out. And as we said, we don't know when or if he'll be back this season. So, yeah, Cody Martin's definitely someone who he has been profiting, and I think he will continue to do so. And Kayla, what are your thoughts on Cody Martin? Yeah, I would agree with that too. He's obviously not my number one ad, but so long as Lamelo out, Lamelo's out, and we don't really know when he'll be returning, he has value. So I would, I would consider adding him. And uh, and on on Charlotte while we're there, and, and this is something I'm going to talk with um, uh, with Dan and, and Noah about shortly, but. Another winner potentially um, today is Trey Mann. So he has gone from Oklahoma City to Charlotte. If, well, Lamelo, I assume he'll come back at some point. But at the moment, do you think there's a world where Trey Mann starts in Charlotte as the point guard? Because they don't really, I mean, they have options. They have Nick Smith. They have, um, oh, I can't think of the other guy, uh, McGowan, Bryce McGowan's. Do you think that there's a chance here that they go with man just to see what they've got? Uh, Raph, what are your thoughts on him? I think it's possible. I wouldn't expect it right away. I think for me personally, he'd be more like a watch list guy right now. Um, just kind of yeah. see where he falls in the rotation um, right before the all-star break. And then afterwards, yeah, he could be someone they want to get a longer look at because I feel like they're fed up with James Booknight for one. Uh, we <laughs> haven't seen him play basketball in Lord knows how long. So it's pretty much Brandon Miller and a bunch of other guys on a perimeter who probably won't have long-term staying power. So I'm sure he would get rotation minutes eventually. And Trey Young, for for you, Kayla, is he someone worth taking a flyer on? Not at the moment. Um, Right now it's more of a monitoring situation and seeing Mm -hmm. kind of what happens in that lineup and if he gets those minutes. And then I would 
add accordingly. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, let's take that question down. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we got through 35 minutes. That was pretty good. I think that's about half of the, the content. So I'll, I'll let both of you guys go. Kayla, you need a rest. Raf, I'm sure you've got player blurbs to, yeah. to continue writing. Um, mm-hmm. Anything specific, anything else sort of coming out in terms of deadline stuff for for you uh, over at Roto World? I honestly don't know. Like, my brain's a scramble right now. So I'm sure I think Zach's doing a winners and losers column for a little later okay. tonight. So that'll come out. But yeah. All right. Uh, and Kayla, um, I, I know you and you and uh, and Dan did a show uh, earlier today. Are you doing sort of a recap show as well and, and any written content as well for you coming out? Yeah, for the show, I think right now we're just going to stick to our regular weekly show that we do, but we might do something in the future um, where we analyze how the trades worked out. Uh, mm-hmm. For written work, yeah, I'm planning on writing something maybe tonight. <laughs> I got to see. It's been a really busy day, but hopefully yeah. I can get something out for um, Last Word on Sports. Okay. Well, thanks both of you for coming on, um, squeezing me into your, your schedule, and, and I'm yeah, I'll talk to you again. I'm sure I'll have you on very soon. Yeah, right. thanks for having Thank us. You. All right, thanks, guys. All right, so we will bring in we will bring in Dan Titus and we will bring in Noah Rubin, gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the show, the underwhelming trade deadline show. I think that's what we're calling it. Um, I've already gone through with Kayla and Raf, and we've talked about sort of half of the trades. So, so I thought we'll cover the rest of them uh, here, but. Um, Dan, how have you found the, the trade deadline personally? Um, has it been exciting or exhausting? Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. It all seemed yeah, it to was, happen in a bunch this year. Yeah, it was like nothing up until like this morning. I feel like I, I woke up with my kid at 7 a.m. and then all of a sudden woge bombs just started flowing. And uh, I feel like it, it, while we were w- looking for like the blockbuster deal, you know, the DeJounte Murray's and and so forth, I feel like we got a lot of trades on the edges, but like a bunch of trades that do have fantasy implications. So um, a lot of head scratchers. I see Noah Rock in the Sixers hat. I don't know what I don't know what the hell happened after Buddy Heel got traded to the Sixers, but we can talk about it. <laughs> And Noah, um, yeah, brave of you to wear that hat. Uh, but yeah, what what are you? What were your thoughts on on what's going down today? Well, I knew Raf was going to wear his winner's hat with the Knicks because I mean, I literally messaged him and said, "Hey, Raf, how does it feel to have a functional organization that continues to make good moves?" Because I'm I'm jealous. I mean, I'm a Hawks fan. We didn't do a thing, which was just blew my mind. Didn't go one way or the other. But aside from the Buddy Heel trade, which I I liked. Mm-hmm. The the Jaden Springer one was very, Dude. very confusing to me just what? to kind of hand him to the Celtics, a rival that's going to contend in the East. Uh, just I'm assuming to bring in Kyle Lowry in the buyout market. Right. So yeah. just a um, puzzling move to say the least. But the trade deadline, uh, meh, I mean, kind of boring. Not really any yeah. big moves happening, which is, you know, kind of lame, but whatever. Yep. Um, so I'll just I'll just go back through. Uh, so quickly, I'll just do a recap and, and just see if you guys have got any additional thoughts on what we talked about um, with with Kayla and Raf. So Robin Lopez to the Kings, nothing there. McDermott to the Pacers, really nothing there. 
the Pacers themselves, there's stuff, but but not really this trade. The, the Gafford to the Mavericks trade was an interesting one um, on both sides. So having a look at the uh, the Wizards side, I think Marvin Bagley is probably the winner here. Um, I, I'm just not convinced for Sean Holmes can get back to the player that he was a few years ago. Is is it Bagley time? I can't believe we're saying that 2024 and it's it's Marvin Bagley time. But are we just viewing him as a must roster player rest of season now? I'd say so um, because there's just not that much depth court. There's not that much depth in the front court for the Washington Wizards. And um, I, I did Lloyd's show a, a, probably about an hour ago and. Is brought to my attention. I didn't realize that Marvin Bagley wasn't playing any power forward there. Like he's playing strictly mm. the center minute. So yep. when Daniel Gafford went out, I mean, that's going to be the direct replacement there. So, you know, he's been productive since being on the Wizards, 15 points, eight rebounds. Um, hit or miss in terms of like efficiency. But, you know, if you're talking about points leagues or just somebody that you can pick up on waivers for the cheap, I mean, he's only 33% roster in Yahoo League. So he's been one of the guys I've been picking up the most of just because you can stash him in IL. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely make a move on, on Marvin Bagley. Uh, Noah agree there. Yeah. I mean, Dan, you didn't even mention that you have right there, Marvin Bagley deadline winner. So, I mean, you gotta, you're representing it right there, but yeah, he was playing really well as a backup. He was playing even better when Gafford was injured for a couple of games. As soon as Marvin Bagley's back in the lineup, which I think he's questionable to play on Friday, like he's going to put up big numbers simply because they don't really have anybody else. I mean, Rashawn Holmes would be the other guy to see center minutes, but I think you said it uh, when Kayla and Raph were on, Adam, that when was the last time? It's been a few years since he was really productive for more than just like a game at a time. So just simply because there isn't many other options, like Bagley has to put up numbers. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then I guess quickly, just on the on the Mavericks side, what are we doing with uh, with Gafford and Lively here? Are we holding both? Is there a preference? Is it a minute split? Um, Dan, what do you think they're going to do here when both are healthy? Yeah, when both are healthy is the question. Um, I think right now, you know, we'll see how long it will take Lively to come back from the broken nose. But like, I would expect Gafford to see his normal dose of minutes like he's never been a 30 minute guy so i think we can expect the timeshare part of me feels like the mavericks made this move because they haven't been able to i I feel like they haven't gotten consistent performance out of lively whether it be injury or just being a rookie like the kid is super young so i think building bringing in another front court player that has rim protection that can be a, a lob threat, I think only helps their their upside. Like, I think the Mavericks won the trade deadline in general. Like, just the moves that they made to get P.J. Washington, too. Um, I feel like I would hold both of them, but I think eventually we could see Gafford emerge as the main leader of that timeshare, which I feel like they could both be effective in 20 minutes, but I think Gafford's proven over the course of time that, you know, all he does is play 20 minutes and he'll give you two blocks and almost 10 rebounds and stuff. So I think yeah. Gafford rest of the seasons probably gets the slight edge, but I wouldn't drop lively just yet. Cause I want to see how they play together. Yeah. And Noah, I mean, do you agree? Any different thoughts? Yeah. I know you referenced when, again, when Kayla and Raff were on that, 
the like a Kong Wu Capella timeshare in Atlanta could be something that's kind of similar, having a really good passer in Luka Doncic to also feed them lobs. That's going to work out well. But yep. like Dan said, like Gafford's going to be in foul troubles a lot, only end up playing 20 minutes per game a good bit. But also now, instead of just having to rely on Derek Lively to try and make a push in the playoffs, because they're not just there to make it, they want to try and win. Like they don't have to rely on Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes behind Lively. Like they have another player that's playing very well this season. So they have two good center options, which I've, it's been a while since they've had that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think very, very good real life um, pickups for, for Dallas. Um, so I just, there's not much on this page other than I, I'm just going to bring up the Jaden Springer um, decision, uh, I guess we'll call it. Um, yep. Dan's a fan of it, obviously. Um, I don't know. Can, can you explain this? Um, no, as you said, it, I would assume they're going to get Kyle Lowry, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, but more likely Kyle Lowry because he was already available when they made this move, whereas Dinwiddie it was announced following this move that he was going to be waived. So, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, this just makes Boston even better and and Philly, I mean, maybe Lowry's a good addition this season, but beyond this season, Jaden Springer is a far better option. Yeah, I think it does give Boston just a little bit more depth and future players like Peyton Pritchard and Jaden Springer, two guys that have a good bit of upside still that haven't really been able to see the floor because of how much talent Boston has. So they kind of have like a second team developing behind their stars. Uh, just the rich get richer, I guess. And then for Philly, you know, I guess maybe that's kind of like a Nick Nurse thing. Like he obviously had Kyle Lowry for a while in Toronto. Maybe he wanted to bring in Kyle Lowry yeah. and this was just kind of what happened in order to make that work. So we'll see if maybe it ends up being Dinwiddie, but I just kind of see like Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse reuniting in Philadelphia. I don't know if that's the move that keeps them afloat with Joel Embiid sidelined. I know we were speculating, Adam, on two other shows earlier this week about they have to trade for a center. Like They they kind of have to in order to stay afloat in the East because they're already starting to slip down the standings. But Evidently, they didn't do that um, Paul Reed season, I guess. But the uh, the Springer move is, yeah, it's puzzling. And, and Noah, I mean, sorry, not Noah. Dan, you agree? I, I, well, I know you agree. Um, but it's, Yeah, I would say puzzling to say the least. I, I guess the one thing as like a, fix, a sixer guy, um, the only two contracts that are guaranteed going into next season are Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Um, once he actually, you know, signs his extension. Um, and apparently Paul Reeves becomes guaranteed if they make the second round of the playoffs and he's still on the roster. So that looks like it's going to happen now that Drummond's not there or any other big man at the deadline. So the thing that I'm just confused about, though, is like, why would you trade Jaden Springer to a contending team and like mm. your divisional rival? Like if there's one guy that's been watching Tyrese Maxey play every day <laughs> for the last several years – it's been Jaden Springer. So I don't know. Like, that's just like the perfect guy that I feel like Boston would deploy in game five or game six to slow somebody down or do something disruptive. Um, and then to get nothing in return for, you know, your first round pick that you seem to have a lot of faith in up until now. I, it just seems like they got rid of him for nothing. Um, and to the Boston Celtics just hurts even more. So that's the Sixer fan in me. If they're doing this for the cap space and the prospects of pot- potentially getting Paul George next year, which is not going to happen, um, sure, cool. You cleared cap space for Kyle Lowry for a moment. 
but I don't, yeah. that wasn't a move that I expected. And um, yeah, just bizarre. Just didn't get it. Don't, don't get it. Yeah. Don't, I think Boston just, just quietly Boston had without very really doing anything at all. They had a really good deadline because they picked up Tillman mm-hmm. and they picked up Springer and basically gave up nothing. Um, and they, they're two players that they won't need them a lot, but they're players that if they do need them, we know that they can step in and play good minutes and give you production. Um, I mean, Jaden Springer started yesterday um, yeah, yeah. for the for the Sixers. And look, I mean, he wasn't great, but he had eight points, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block. Didn't hit any of his threes. So, I mean, if he hits one or two threes there, that's like uh, um, potentially 14 and four with two steals in 23 minutes. So, I don't know. It's a weird one, but... Anyway, uh, I'm glad I don't go for the Sixers. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie to the Raptors. Um, well, nothing here because he's he's going to be waived because they don't want to pay the $1.5 million player <laughs> bonus for games played. So um, Dinwiddie will be picked up by someone, um, obviously. Uh, I don't know who – any thoughts on, on who might target him? Like what teams are we thinking need some guard depth um, here? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. A- any thoughts from you guys? Ooh, um, I mean, you know, the Lakers are going to be thrown out there just because. Um, yeah. Lakers came to mind for out. me, but um, yeah, I don't know if this would end up happening, but you, you could say Miami. I think they're starting like yeah. Terry Rozier. Kind of their starting point guard right now. He's been a shooting guard the last few years. Just having another ball handler on that team. Like, obviously, they have guys like Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. And it's entirely speculation. Like, I haven't seen if they're a rumored team or not. But I think that Spencer Dinwiddie could fill a role there. A weird yeah. one, maybe the Orlando Magic, just because yeah. they need yep. some kind of a bench bucket. You know, I, I could see him being more... Mm-hmm. Just really just playing that role. Yeah, just give us 16 points, Spencer. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, I don't – I feel like he's he's getting a bad rep for, like, his antics, I guess. So, like, I don't know where he really fits culturally. But skill set-wise, like, I think a lot of these, you know, fringe playoff teams could use a 16-a-night a guy off the bench. Yeah, I would I would have said the the Timberwolves would have been an option, but they've got right. they got Monty Morris, so they don't need him anymore. The Pelicans, maybe. Um, I, I I'm still not convinced that CJ McCollum is a point guard, so maybe an option there. Maybe the Spurs. Um, see how he goes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, the Nets get back Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young. Oh, and I've popped in the the. I'm just going to bring this up. So I've actually just cut and pasted from the Yahoo player tracker thing for the notes here. And, and I thought having Dan on the show, I need to give Yahoo a bit of a a spruik. So I've, I've popped the link oh, in there for anyone. It's in the comments just for anyone that's looking to follow along because in the, the, the player tracker in Yahoo also has links to all the players and everything like that as well. So I just thought I'd, I'd, uh, Pop that in there just so people are aware that's what the link is. It's not someone spamming with a with a dodgy link. It, it's actually a link that's worth <laughs> clicking through. Um, so the big trade, um, probably the biggest trade anyway in terms of actual real-life value and, and improving and, and fantasy value to some degree, 
the Knicks adding Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, uh, parting ways with Quinton Grimes, who who was untouchable in the Donovan Mitchell trade discussions earlier in the year, and, and they've ended up giving him up for uh, Bogdanovich and Burks. So um, Pistons get Grimes, Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Ryan Archidiakono, second-round picks. Obviously, Fournier, Flynn, Archidiakono, there's nothing there. With the Knicks, with Bogdanovich and Burks coming in, um, obviously they had both been rosterable players uh, in Detroit. Does anything change for them? Are we just holding them? Uh, does their value take a hit? I feel like Burks, on the surface, probably should take a hit, but we know that he's a Tibbs guy. So I don't know. What, what do you think here in, in New York? What, how does the value shift um, with Ananobi still out? Uh, we don't know how long he's out for with bone spur irritation, I believe, is the official diagnosis at the moment. Uh, Dan, what, what do you what do you think fantasy value-wise here in New York? Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about Burks. I, I think he's going to back up Dante DiVincenzo primarily. Um, but I think the OG injury, if this lingers, could help him. Um, I'm not adding him. I think Boyan, I actually I think he's one of the losers of this trade because – I think it depends on the timetable of Julius Randle, right? Like if Randle's out for the rest of the fantasy season, then Boyan's going to be fine. He's going to be solid. But I feel like Randle's going to return at some point, which is going to lower Boyan's appeal going forward if he's coming off the bench. That also affects Josh Hart, another loser of this deal. Um, but I do feel like I feel like I don't know about the Detroit side of this. Like Quentin Grimes is on IL right now with a knee injury, but they traded for him. He was this untouchable guy, as you stated. Um, but I feel like he has an opportunity to at least get minutes at the two or the three. Now he's probably going to have to battle Simone Fontecchio um, for minutes, but I think it's his outlook looks better in Detroit than it did in in New York. So um, I think Boyan, you, you got to keep on riding him out as long as Julius Randle's out. But once Julius comes back, I feel like – Boyan's only going to be a points guy off the bench, points and threes. Um, and Alec Burks is just going to be contingent on the stats of OG. And, yeah, I'd probably say that the stats of OG, really. Uh, Noah, we, your thoughts? Yeah, I think short-term Bogdanovich and Burks will help the Knicks a good bit. For fantasy, like both of them are mostly giving you value as scoring and then occasionally a little bit in other categories, scoring in threes. Um, I would assume that Bogdanovich starts until Julius Randle's back, which I think he's set to be reevaluated in another week or two. So it could just be one or two weeks of Bogdanovich starting, and then he comes off the bench when they get healthy. But that's some offense that they're missing out on with Randall Hurt and Nobi Hurt, Jalen Brunson banged up. Um, so that'll be a short-term kind of boost. And the same thing with Burks. Like if Josh Hart is in the starting lineup, uh, then they need a bench score because – DiVincenzo's in there, and now Quentin Grimes is in Detroit. So I think both of them can give the Knicks some offense in the short term. Long term, they're probably better real-life fits than fantasy fits. They're obviously going to take hits by being on a contending team, the Knicks contending team. Like I guess that's kind of cool to say, uh, as opposed to – It's been Detroit, 20 years since are... we've been able to say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how long I'm going to be able to say it, so I'm going to say it while I can. But the, uh, the bottom-feeding team in Detroit where they were able to kind of do what they wanted. Um, so their roles will change and within a few weeks, they're going to take big hits. I think Quentin Grimes, he's not going to start. At least I wouldn't think that he would start alongside Cade and Jaden Ivey. 
Uh, as a spot starter, he'll give you points and threes. Probably not a guy that I would be rostering because of this move, even if he should be a little bit better. I don't think he's really ever been a great fantasy player. Yep, yep. And, and yeah, I think, and the caveat with the Knicks here, like uh, like as we said, I think Hart is probably a bit of a loser here fantasy-wise, but this is all under the umbrella of when they're healthy and, and they're not yeah. healthy at the moment. So, the, and they might not be healthy for a month. Um, Randall is out for at least a, a little bit more. Um, we don't know how long Anobi is out. Are these pickups because they're a little bit worried about his injury? Maybe it's something that's going to to linger and they'll have to be managed a little bit um, with a view to getting surgery in the off-season. I don't know. So, yeah, that, they probably – there's some losers and winners here, but at the moment with the injuries, I think Bogdanovich and Burks probably should be rostered. I think they'll get enough playing time to, to do what they need to do. For the Thunder um, – Real quick – Kingy, yep. before you go to the Thunder, yep. Where are you guys stand with Asar Thompson? I think where I stand and where I want to stand are different. Um, <laughs> I I I like what I've seen in the last little bit. He, he seems to have he seems to be back in the good books. He, he's playing more minutes. He's sort of doing more more. He's more in producing more in line with what he was doing to start the season. Um, it, the My concern is it's Detroit. And, like, if it was almost any other team, I'd, I'd have confidence that they're going to ramp him up and he's going to be playing 32 minutes. But because it's Detroit, I, I'm not too sure. But I would certainly be I, – I think he needs to be added. Um, and – if common sense prevails, he, he he'll bump up to thirty minutes. He's he's played. I'm just looking, he's played twenty seven minutes in the last two games. Uh, double digit scoring, six and a half rebounds, one and a half steals, two blocks, efficient from the field. So we know what he can do. Um, I, I think you add him and just wait and see. But I'm not confident. Yeah, I would definitely. I mean. We'll see what happens with the minutes, but I would be adding him just based off the talent and what should be a good opportunity for him. He did start in their last game, uh, briefly exited with an ankle injury, but ended up being available to play during the second half. So that was starting in place of Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is gone. It makes sense that he would start and he should start, but he probably also should have been starting even before any trades were made. So we'll see what Monty Williams does. Um, but I would assume with the, I think they got their seventh win last night. So go Pistons. Uh, since they're not going to be, you know, anywhere close to the play-in tournament, let's get the young guys some run over the final two months of the season. But it hasn't happened yet, so it's like it should be an easy home run hit, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Thunder. My only, another my only concern that... is the uh, – real quick, Isaiah Stewart's still out, so yeah. I think you can mm-hmm. add him now when Stu out, but when Stu comes back, that's when I think it's going to get back to the – well, it's the Detroit Pistons. I don't know what they're going to do territory. Yeah. Things. yeah. Isaiah yeah, Stewart yeah, we, keeps we... them from starting. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gordon Haywood. So he's been out for obviously, um, I don't know, I want to say a month. Feels like he's just never there anyway. Um, <laughs> going to the Thunder, I think real life, this is great for the Thunder. I think it gives them a assuming he can stay healthy and we actually don't know how long he's been injured and, and whether they've just been resting him um, to, to keep him healthy for a trade. 
So in theory, he could come straight in here and, and he could be available next game for the Thunder. We don't know. Um, I guess two, probably two parts to this question. Are we, are we adding Gordon Haywood and are we dropping, and, and I've had this question in Twitter already, are we dropping Josh Giddy? They're, they're probably the, the two questions. Noah, what are your thoughts on both of those? I don't think I'll be making any moves yet. I think that's something to keep an eye on because Hayward hasn't played since December 26th. We don't know if that was a you know legit, oh, he's still going to be out even after the trade, or if it was a, hey, it's still kind of bothering him a little bit. We'll just extend this and have him sit out until he's traded, and then shortly after he can play. And will that be the case? We'll have to see. I would imagine that he at least misses a few games to make it look legit. Um, if that is the case that they were just holding him out to keep him healthy, but could they potentially start him and move Jalen Williams to the two and have Giddy off the bench? I think that is something that's an interesting thing. I don't know if that's something that'll definitely happen, but I can't imagine them playing Hayward enough minutes for him to provide like standard league value, like maybe in a deeper league, but given his injury history, I have to imagine that they're trying to keep him around 20 to 25 minutes with the idea that he is going to be available in the playoffs and hopefully be able to help them make some noise in their, you know, because they're top the West or have they dropped out? They're somewhere within the half game or a game. Of yeah, they're, the they're still up there. West. They're okay. tied with the uh, Timberwolves right now. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think he's a good real life play for them. Fantasy. Nah. Um, Giddy, I'm not going to drop yet. If you've been holding out this long, you might as well stick it out because if you were going to drop him, I would say you would have dropped him kind of a while ago because he has been very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what are we, um, are we adding adding Haywood here or, or no? No, I, I agree with what Noah said. I think it's more about just taking a wait-and-see approach to see how he kind of integrates into this this team. Um, I was hoping Giddy would be moved at the, at the deadline. That didn't happen. Mm. I understand the frustration of wanting to drop them. I'll probably wait a few games before I do, but I do have some stock there. So I'll, that's something I'll definitely be watching. Um, I think one of the low key winners here is Cody Martin. He's been a top 100 player over the last seven days. And I've been really surprised by his playmaking lately. He's averaging like six assists over the last week. So, like, if you're looking for someone that's widely available as a result of this deal, like, rather than go for Gordon Hayward, who's probably going to get hurt tomorrow, I would actually look at Martin. Like, I, I think he's going to be a guy that might actually surprise people. And right now he's only – what's his roster ship looking like? He's got to be under 10%. Yeah, he's only 6% rostered. So, he's he's widely available. I would take a flyer on him, especially with not knowing what Grant Williams is going to look like. P.J. Washington's gone. Like, I, I feel like – Martin's probably going to get 30 minutes easy going forward here. Yeah, I just added him in a 14-team league this morning. Um, we'll see how he goes. Speaking of flyers, Trey Mann. What, with, with Lamelo, we don't even know where he is or what he's doing or what's going on there. So is there a chance, and I spoke with, with Kayla and Raf about this, is there a chance that they start him um, because they have Nick Smith, they have Ish Smith, they have Bryce McGowan. So they have guard options there, but none of them are really sort of taking the ball and run with it in terms of their opportunity. And we've seen Trey Mann in, in short bursts in Oklahoma when he's been handed starters minutes. He, he can score in bunches, so he, he's 
there's upside there. Do you think that he's worth taking a flyer on at the moment or or is it more of a, a wait and see? I guess I'm just trying to think, do we get ahead of the curve here a little bit and just add him if you've got a, a spare roster spot? Because um, if he plays 30 minutes, I think he can probably be a borderline 12-team option. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting challenge here is like, I feel like the the easy answer is wait and see, but if he gets 30 minutes out the gates, someone's going to pick him up real quick. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think while LaMelo's out, if you have the space for him, I would take a flyer on it. I feel like he feels like a 14-team plus add to me more than a 12-team. Just looking at whoever's available on waivers right now, like Trey Mann's like probably third on my ad list. So definitely have him on my watch list for sure. And I think that this could be an opportunity for him to to showcase what we've been seeing in thun- with the Oklahoma City Thunder in limited amount of time. Like, I mean, he's had a 20% usage rate in limited minutes his whole career. So, you know, give him the the keys to the to the to the point guard minutes, man. Like I, I feel like we could see like a 17.5 assist type of guy, which would be awesome for fantasy. I'm not I'm not super confident in him seeing 30 minutes for him. I'd like to see it. Uh, but if we're looking just at their last game, Ish Smith played 16 minutes off the bench and Nick Smith Jr. played 13 minutes off the bench. Their starting guards were Brandon Miller and Cody Martin, who Dan was just saying has yeah. been giving out pretty good assist numbers. So Steve Clifford wasn't set on forcing point guard minutes in the starting lineup. Like there was a point where Ish Smith was a starter for I don't know if it was just like a game or two uh with LaMelo out, but I don't know that Trey Mann comes in and immediately starts just because there isn't much competition at point guard. Like I don't feel confident about that, especially with what has been kind of the narrative around them recently of Brandon Miller's yelling at the rest of the team as the rookie to say, yeah. get back on defense. He said it a lot meaner than I just did, but uh, <laughs> like, I don't think that that necessarily means that just because there's much competition that Trey Mann, who I was trying to do some, some quick research because I feel like he's, just known for his offense, and I don't want to call him a, a defensive liability, but like, I don't think he's known for his defense. So does that mean that Steve Clifford's going to say, hey, we have this new acquisition that isn't known for his defense, let's force feed him minutes. I'm not confident in that, so I'm probably going to stay away unless something obvious happens, So, or like he comes in and does play 30 minutes pretty quickly. Uh, to your point, Noah, yeah, he's been uh, below average in blocks and steals. Yeah relative to his position throughout his career. So, yeah, he's definitely yeah. not – I don't know if that fits the Steve Clifford, like, hey, we're going to commit to defense first and then worry about everything after that. Um, one thing that Charlotte's never been lacking is a person trying to get a, a shot off. They have all the chuckers <laughs> on that team, So I feel like Trey Mann actually kind of fits, actually. So we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, yeah, I think – yeah, look, oh, there, there's very little confidence there. But, but as Dan said, if you've got a roster spot, just grab him, give him yeah. a couple of games, see what that rotation looks like. Um, and if they're playing in 15 minutes off the bench, then you just drop him and move on. Um, three more to go through. Kelly Olinick and Ochai Akbaji to the Raptors. Kiera Lewis uh, and Otto Porter to Utah. So, I don't know, nothing there on the Utah side, I, I don't think. Um, Kiera Lewis is... is Basically, I, I really don't see him playing at all. They've got Chris Dunn. They've got Keontae George. They're sort of splitting the minutes. But for the Raptors, I don't know. Linux an interesting one. Um, we all thought he'd be traded. Um, probably not to the Raptors. I didn't really see them as a team that no. would, 
would be interested in Kelly Olynyk, but here we are. Will he start? I mean, is he going to start at the four alongside Jakob Pertl? Um, Is he going to come off the bench? Is he going to play 30 minutes? For reference, I've picked him up in a 12-team league and a 14-team league. Um, I did need a centre in both of those because I only had one centre in both of the teams. So a little bit of this was uh, necessity of needing to fill that position. But what are your thoughts, uh, Noah, on Kelly Olenek here? Because we saw a few years ago, if you remember back to the the Kelly Olenek breakout month where he was in Detroit, I want to say, maybe, or Houston. Maybe it was Houston. It was one of those teams where he was like a top 30 player for about a month. Houston. Would we see something like that again from from Olenek here down the stretch? Yeah, looking at it really quickly, it was the Houston season. Uh, he made okay. the top 30 for a stretch. Over the course of the season, he was 63rd on Basketball Monster. So I don't see that level of production. I mean, I don't think anybody's expecting top 75, but I'm not as optimistic as you are, Kingy, I don't think, uh, just because they have Jakob Pertl there. They have Scotty Barnes. Obviously, both of them are going to start quickly. RJ Barrett, does Olenek fill out that extra starting spot and they just – have a bigger lineup. Like that's what they did earlier in the season. So it could definitely happen. Or is it Gary Trent Jr. with Olenek off the bench? Either way, I could see him getting 20, 23, 24 maybe minutes per game, uh, which would be just kind of splitting with Scotty Barnes and Pirtle in the front court just to have a couple of them on the floor at all times. But honestly, the main thing to me from this trade isn't Olenek. It's the fact that Jazz – don't have him anymore, and that could open up some minutes for Taylor Hendricks, which I know a lot of mm-hmm. dynasty managers are excited to see what he can do. He hasn't gotten to play a ton uh, so far this season, so could this be an opportunity for him to see extended run? That's that's what I want to see. That's what I think is the biggest winner. That he isn't a guy to necessarily add in standard leagues or redraft leagues at this point uh, because there is obviously still a good bit of competition for minutes there, but. I think both Taylor Hendricks and maybe even a few extra minutes for Walker Kessler, who's been really frustrating as far as having his minutes pretty limited so far this season. So I think it's addition by subtraction is probably the best fancy takeaway here. And Dan, can you make me feel better about my Linux pickup or what did I waste, uh, waste a transaction there? From a, a basketball standpoint, I actually feel like a Linux is a perfect fit for Toronto because um, I feel like he gives this versatility in the front court that, you know, Jakob Pertl isn't going to stretch. He's not going to stretch the floor. Um, but then at the same time, I don't know that there's enough minutes for him to be fantasy relevant right now. Like, I think he's going to contribute those like, you know, seven points, four rebounds, three assists types type stat lines with like a blocker steal. Um, I would be curious if they do decide to start him at the four, maybe you slide Scotty to the three Um you know, Barrett to the two and then IQ at the one. But, you know, if he comes off the bench, then I think you could drop him. If he starts, then I'm more intrigued. But I, I do like that Noah brought up Taylor Hendricks because he has been playing really well in the G League. I don't know that he'll get to that redraft, you know, 12-team status, but it's definitely something that I'm I'm monitoring considering that Olenek, you know, uh, marketing can play the three and then Hendricks could slide in at the four there. Um but I do think it's probably capped as the fact that I would like to see John Collins mood for Walker Kessler's sake and, and others, but um, moving to Linux was something that was going to happen and just a weird destination. But I think ultimately for basketball sake, it's actually a good move for a Linux. So I think it's worth 
exploring. So I wouldn't drop him yet. <laughs> no, but no, let's look, see how it comes out. Hopefully he starts and then you're 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 good money. Yeah, look, I won't drop him. And if he can somehow find a way to 28 minutes, I'd love it. Um uh, thinking yeah. sort of 25. It really, I think, comes down to whether they start him or Trent. I think that that's yeah. the decision that will be made here. Um, more and more teams are going with bigger lineups now. It seems to be a, a little bit of a trend. So maybe maybe that works in his favour a bit. Um, against certain teams, they do need some added height. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, now on the Sixers, back, well, back to the Sixers, the positive move that they made today, I think, adding Buddy Heald from um, from the Pacers and, and really not giving up a lot. Um, Marcus Morris, I know, had been playing minutes but shouldn't be playing minutes. Corkmaz is it's just he is who he is. He's a three-point threat but nothing else and, and some second-round picks. So I like this move for Buddy Heald. The question I suppose we're getting, and I think Matherin is a winner. Um, because Heald is now gone, I think that shows that Matherin is, is who they see as uh, the future in that position for them. So should be rostered if he wasn't at him. Um, but with Buddy Heald, do we think he can play consistent minutes now? Like, is he 30 minutes a night, rest of season, top 70 like we've seen in the past? Um, or is there still some question marks here, Dan? Um, I feel like there are some question marks, but I feel like this is a better landing spot than his situation in Indiana. He was in a timeshare coming off the bench. Now I think he, you know, goes into the starting lineup. They just pushes Kelly Oubre's value down um, considerably, especially if DeAnthony Melton's about to return. But I think after you trade for someone like Buddy Heald, you have to start him. So I would expect that he would play at least the two or the three. We'll see, uh, depending how the lineup shakes out. But um I think this is good for his fantasy value, especially with Joel Embiid off the floor. They're searching for another perimeter scorer. He can get 20 a game. He hasn't done it in a while. This has definitely been a down year. And also, like, just a bizarre tangent. They could have traded for Buddy Heald three years ago. I don't know why they didn't, but I feel like this version of Buddy Heald is not the version that they're going to want. But for fantasy's sake, I think it will still be worth it to keep him around. He's a better version of Clay Thompson, which doesn't say much. But, you know, if you need points, threes, and an occasional steal, I think Buddy Hill can do that. Uh, so just before we move on, I've just uh, an actual Woj bomb that's worth talking about. Ananobi has just had surgery on his elbow. What? Um, which I didn't Jeez. think would come to the end of the season. So wow. he's going to miss th- minimum of three weeks. Um, wow. Minor procedure. Resume basketball activities three weeks. Okay, so we're probably looking at a month um, injury or, or, or timeline here. And obviously we have got the All-Star break coming up. That may have factored into this decision um, because it, it's a basically two one week over two weeks sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we go back to the Knicks. We talked about Bogdanovich. We talked about Burks. Um, and potentially this was due to the severity of the injury, and it turns out that might have been that might have factored into their decision making here. Um, I guess initial thoughts on that news, um, Dan. Like, is this uh, it solidifies? I guess Bogdanovich um, and and Divincenzo, these guys that have been uh, playing really well, because Randall is also out for a similar time, so they're going to be without two of their two of their starters for probably the next month. 
man, this is a brutal, you know, after the Knicks make all these seemingly good moves, man, they're just falling victim to injury right now. Um, that's, that's major. So I feel like Josh Hart probably sticks around a little bit more. Alec Burks for sure. Um, I think you can continue to stream both of those guys in wake of this. And I think this, this just increases Dante DiVincenzo's value as the starter and, and what he was bringing to that team. Hopefully Brunson's injury isn't significant because if they lose him too, man, this is going to be a, <laughs> this is going to be a bad run for the Knicks. But uh, yeah, wow. This is, I mean, good on the Knicks for keeping this close to the vest and getting the assets that they needed to cover the weather, the storm, but damn, this is a big injury. Noah, your thoughts? Yeah, I think kind of like what we talked about earlier, obviously now it's longer term without Ananobi and Randall, but Josh Hart's going to continue to start. He's been pretty decent in a handful of categories, and then his, his value doesn't look quite as good because he's shot pretty bad over the last few games. But he'll continue to start, I would assume, when Bogdanovich gets in the lineup that he starts until Randall's back. It looks like now, based on the timelines, that OG's going to be out longer than Randall, which is kind of interesting, not really what we expected. But, yeah, I mean, it's more minutes for Alec Burks. So it's going to be fairly meaningful. But, again, he's just going to give you some bench scoring. So, I think it just kind of extends Hart's time in the starting lineup. I don't yeah. know if this is quite as much of a dramatic fantasy change as it should be, or it seems like it is. But and and I guess just one, we'll, we'll go to the the next, the final trade in a second. But Precious Achua, uh, who has been starting and playing well for the Knicks as well, are we holding him um, with because we've got. I mean, there's, he, he's more of a center, but he's been playing at the four, been playing some backup center. Um, yeah, like, does this, the addition of Bogdanovich and and, uh, um, and Burks, does this cut into his uh, playing time a little bit? I mean, he's been playing 40 minutes, I think, which which we know Tibbs does that. But are, are we still holding on to a tour in standard leagues or do we think his time has probably come? I think I'd probably hold on to him for tonight's game. And then as soon as Bogdanovich is in the lineup, I have no problem <laughs> dropping him. Like tonight, they're going to have nobody. So he's going to have to continue to play 40 minutes. Uh, but then as soon as Bogdanovich is there, like I would assume that Achua goes back to the bench and he yeah, still has a role, but it's not going to be a 40 minute role. So yeah. not enough for me to keep him around. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think it's ride the Achua train to the last stop. And then once everyone starts to be active again, you know what to do. It, have, send them to waivers because I don't think I think he's going to be the casualty of out of all the moves that were made by the Knicks here. Yeah, interesting timing on the Knicks. Like as you said, they kept it very close to their chest with this injury, and then it's funny that like an hour, two hours after they make these trades and, and get some depth, they then go. And by the way, he had surgery. So I wonder if that whatever came up. That's definitely some leverage there, right? Like, how yeah. much does your leverage go down? It's like, oh, by the way, yeah, we, this guy's got to get surgery to, like in hours, right? Like, yeah, yeah. that's crazy uh, that they're able to keep that so hush hush. Yeah, and it, uh, well, and, and and the fact that it's New York Knicks forward OG Ananobi had surgery, so mm-hmm. he has had the surgery. This <laughs> oh, is yeah. not. He is They're making deals as he's under the knife. Like. Yeah, he may have had it three days ago. And they just didn't didn't tell anyone. Um, Got him in a bunker hiding somewhere. Like, has anyone heard from OG? Like, yeah, oh. yeah. Um, 
it said, yeah, so it, there's been a follow-up. Uh, tried resting, but the procedure turned out to be the best route to get him fully healed and playing again for the stretch run and postseason. So actually very savvy moves um, by the Knicks here, um, and, and they really just need to stay afloat now for the next few weeks, and, and then they're going to be healthy and ready for the playoffs. Um so the only other trade was uh, obviously there were the early ones with Tillman and and uh, but we're not don't really need to talk about those. Monty Morris uh, traded to the Timberwolves and, and fantasy perspective basically nothing, but real life this is great I think for the Timberwolves because if there's one takeaway that we've seen the last three weeks when Conley's not on the floor they really struggle to keep it together. So I think Monty Morris is a proven backup. Uh, he was really good in Denver. Hasn't been as good in, in Detroit and, and Washington, obviously, but who would be in those playing for those <laughs> franchises? So I like this for the Timberwolves um, as they prepare to sort of attempt to go deep into the playoffs for the first time in, in what feels like forever. Yeah, I think it's a good basketball move, as you said. And, um, you know, Shake Milton and Troy Brown weren't doing much for them anyway. So to, to get more, uh, Monty Morris for such a good cost, I think this is this is a move that you make if you're trying to actually do something in the playoffs. So uh, just a very high IQ player, doesn't turn over the ball a lot. It, it's a good basketball move. And if anything happens to Conley, injury-wise, he has been resting a bit. I think you could sh- probably stream Monty Morris. Like, he's, he's proven capable of doing some stuff in fantasy. So just keep an eye out on Conley and his health. And in Morris's defense, I think he was out. I don't know if it was the same injury, if it was multiple different injuries, but he played, um, goodness, for the first time late January. And before that, it was late March. So he's been out to close last season and then for most of the start of the season. So, no, he hasn't really done anything, but I think playing for a contending team will do a little bit for his health and his value and his production. But not really a fantasy impact again, like we've been saying. It's just another backup point guard look other than Jordan McLaughlin and Shake Milton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I think it probably um I'm just pulling up game logs here. So it's probably like Conley, they tried, I think they usually they want to probably keep him around that 28 minute mark. Uh, but there have been a few games recently where he's been at 30, 32. I think just having a, a more solid backup in, in in Monty Morris means that they can manage Conley a little bit better down the stretch as well and, and limit him to 25 to 28 minutes rather than 30. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good uh, for them real life. Um, so that's all of the moves. There's a ton of questions here, so I'm going to just fly through some of them. I don't know if either of you need to head off. I know, Dan, you're probably writing stuff. Noah, you're probably writing, <laughs> writing stuff. As so writing as we're talking. <laughs> writing as we're talking. So if you do need to jump out, that's completely fine. I can go through the questions. Let me know if, if you do need to to run off. Um, I'm all good. For anything. Uh, where were we up to? Uh, okay. I'm just reading through. Some of these are just statements, not questions. Um Morning all, Kingy. Biggest shock of the deadline, the trade's not made. Yeah, look, and this is from Matty G, who who was on the show with me last night. Um, Yeah, look, I think probably the biggest shock was, uh, as we said, a limit going to Toronto. I didn't see that coming. I thought he'd be traded, but I didn't think it would be Toronto. Um, 
Yeah, it's probably the players that weren't moved. I think we we thought DeJounte would go. D'Angelo Russell was was sort of talked about. Andre Drummond was a, another centre we thought would go. Um, so for me, yeah, it probably is that we didn't see certain players moved. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts, Noah? Sort of takeaways uh, in terms of biggest surprises, is it the players that weren't moved or some of the players that were moved? Yeah, I think there wasn't any there wasn't too many trades that I saw and was like, whoa, like didn't see that coming at all. Like most of them were like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. Like not surprised that they made that move. I guess like with the Olenek one, like Toronto trading a first round pick for Olenek, yeah, it's pretty surprising. But the trades that weren't made, like DeJounte Murray not being traded, there was speculation, not from the big names, but from like local beat reporters that, you know, the Hawks kind of had a little four game winning streak and then barely lost to the Clippers and Celtics, like played really good games, barely lost that, Ownership might say, hey, um, I know we talked about trading DeJounte Murray and rumors of cleaning house a little bit, um, but if the offers aren't there and this team is playing better, like let's just try and see what we can make happen in the playoffs. So it's interesting that you know they, along with uh, Chicago, the Lakers, there's a couple other teams that didn't make any moves, that they didn't do anything um, one way or the other, but – I think, yeah, the moves that weren't made probably is the most surprising, though I think the the big one with DeJounte wasn't quite as big of a surprise to me as it may have been to most people, given how like heavily the trade was rumored over the past month and a half. Yep. Uh, Dan, yeah. for you, a big shock. My biggest shock is uh, OG Hananobi getting surgery <laughs> an hour after the trade deadline. <laughs> what? Um yeah, I think it's that plus the lack of trades by the Chicago Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks, and and as Noah said, the Lakers. I think all those teams were rumored to be doing the most and to do nothing uh, was a bit of a surprise, um, especially surprising that like Andre Drummond wasn't moved for how much those mm-hmm. those big men were coveted, were coveted across conferences. I'm surprised they didn't move him for something, but probably it's a too high of an asking price. And um, I think that that was probably the the issue with much of these teams and, you know, inflating these values of some of these players wanting multiple first round picks that that probably wasn't justified. Uh, so B-Dub um, can't think why the Blazers would keep Brogdon or Grant for that matter. Um, so yeah, look, I think, <laughs> I think, I think they, I think they're just keeping Brogdon around. Look, and Brogdon has come out and said that, that he actually is enjoying his role in Portland mentoring the young guards and and I think that's why they've kept him around. Um I just think if they didn't get any significant offers for him, they they've they're very young. I mean even Anthony Simons who you would you would class as their veteran guard is not a veteran at all. He's very young. Shaden Sharp who's injured but he's still obviously in and around the team. Scoot Henderson um so I think they've just got kept these guys, Brogdon especially, because they just they need a steadying influence there and someone who can help guide them. Uh, and probably with Jeremy Grant, I mean, who's going to want that contract? I think that's probably the, the issue there. Um, were you surprised, um, Noah, that, that, that they kept Brogdon around? Not as much Brogdon as, I, I guess, looking back at it, Grant. I didn't really see many rumours about it, so I guess I wasn't really expecting it. But thinking about it, like, why wouldn't they? But with Shaden Sharp being out for the rest of the season, I think that's a factor. Having Brogdon, you know, come out and say that he is enjoying being somewhere that he's appreciated, which was kind of a subtle shot at Boston. Um, and just being a good veteran 
for these young guys like that like you just said like that's kind of a reason to keep him around it's not all about uh the numbers and like the draft picks and capital like you know culture matters as well and i think brogdon's a good player to help them develop that as they try and become a winning franchise again and then with grant like you said it's probably the contract like they probably just didn't get an offer they like and just said okay like having this veteran around the team that is playing well like i mean he's one of their best scorers and just helping this team continue to develop probably is worth more than you know getting pennies on the dollar just to get off his contract that they just signed to him or signed him for uh back in july so it's probably factors like that of they just didn't like what they got offered and they felt that they could value or they brought more value to the team than they would with whatever the return was and i think the same thing kind of happens every year in utah with jordan clarkson like he's on the trade block basically every trade deadline but they end up saying we value him for the culture of the team uh i picked up springer for his steals this week but dropped for for grady dick hoping for some upside with the loss of schroeder so i guess here like what are we thinking and and josh actually asked me this question on his show this morning um what do we think about grady dick here is he someone to add someone to watch um i feel like he's had a, a couple of decent games he seemed because he was i mean he was almost out of the rotation earlier in the season um Dan, like, what what are we doing here with with Grady Dick? Is he is he worth considering at all? Um, not for me. Uh, he's pretty low rostered, so to have him in a twelve team nine cat league, um, your team must be pretty, your league must be pretty competitive if you're looking at Grady Dick. Um, I mean, he did go off for twenty two points a couple of games ago, but yeah. Uh, I don't know about the stocks, you know, that, that that's probably going to be a concern there. Not a big rebounder. Kind of reminds me of a Luke Kennard type of type of guy in terms of fantasy production. So unless he's seen a heavy dose of minutes, like, you know, north of 25, then maybe I would give him a shot at getting on my watch list. But uh, I guess it helps that Dinwiddie's not going to be there. Like they pretty much just gave away Dennis Schroeder for free, essentially. Um so there's a chance that he does stick into the rotation here for about 20 minutes, but his fantasy profile doesn't really fit for me right now. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm trying to quickly look at this because he had that 22 point game uh, where he played 30 minutes in a blowout and let's see. Okay. Five of them were in the fourth quarter and okay. So he actually did do a lot of the work in the first half of that game. I was trying to look back and quickly see. So that was basically like his only productive game and it was in a blowout but it was before the game got out of hand i guess um but yeah if they would have traded gary trent or bruce brown then maybe i'd be more yeah. interested but just moving off schroeder i mean grady dick's not playing point guard and then yeah so i don't, I don't really see this the moves that they made benefiting him a ton unless they kind of flip the script and choose to go for more of a rebuild or retool kind of thing but trading away at first at the deadline to bring in Kelly Olenek doesn't exactly scream, hey, we're rebuilding. So I don't really think for 12-team leagues that I'd be very interested in Grady. No, no, that's fair enough. I think unless they, for some reason, decide to to try Bruce Brown at the point guard, but that would be weird. Um, Gary Trent is not a point guard. So, yeah, I I don't think... Yeah, I I don't think there's much here. I mean, keep an eye on him and and see what the minutes turn into, but... um, yeah, not not much for me. Um, is now Vitamink. I'm assuming this is Grimes. Is Grimes a strong ad uh, as a piston now? 
We, I think we touched on this. Um, for me, no, I don't think so. He is someone I'd, I'd monitor a little bit just to see. But, I mean, he's had opportunities in New York this season to, to play big minutes and hasn't really done much with it. It's not like he's a guy who's coming from a role of 15 minutes into a 30-minute role. We've seen him in a 30-minute role and he, and he hasn't been a must-roster player. So, Obviously, he's going to be playing on a much worse team, so he's going to have potentially more opportunities. But there's guys like Cade is there, um, Jaden Ivey is there. Like, There's still guys there that, that don't mind getting a shot up. So for me, he's probably not an ad. Um, would either of you disagree? I wouldn't nope. add him now. Um, yeah, there's just – I would wait. I don't think you need to add him now. Like, he's not a guy that's going to be heavily rostered. People aren't going to be rushing to get him. Um, he is on IL right now. So, yeah, I think you have time to pick up Grimes. And I don't know that he's necessarily going to contribute right away, just given all of the gymnastics of the Detroit Pistons rotation. And they have K, they have Ivy, they have Asar Thompson, they have Marcus Sasser, they just got Fontecchio. Like they have a number of guys that are going to need shots. Obviously, Asar is not a, a volume shooter scorer, but young guys that are going to get minutes and players that are going to shoot the ball. So I don't really see a situation barring probably multiple injuries where Grimes provides standard league value. Uh, I think we've covered this one. Is Boyan a hold for 12-team head-to-head leagues after moving to New York? Yes, he is, Um, especially with with the OG news um, coming out. So, yes, I think we just hold him and could be a hold rest of season, but he's a hold, I would say, at least for the next two to three weeks. Yeah, until Randall and OG get back, definitely. And then after that, I think it's kind of a we'll see what the minutes look like. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Priority ad between Alinek, Grimes, and Mann. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think we, I mean, we've covered all of these guys. I don't think all of them are must add guys that I think you could consider picking all of them up, but I also wouldn't stress too much if they've already <clears throat> been added. Um, I, I said, I picked up a Linux in a couple of leagues, but part of that was that I just needed a center, uh, Grimes. We just talked about Terrence Mann, a flyer, but we we don't know what they're going to do in Charlotte. So if I if I had to put them in order, I'd probably go a Linux man Grimes, but it, it would depend a little bit on what you need and, and that sort of thing. Any any sort of final thoughts on those guys? No, I think I'd probably go with a Linux out of those options. Yeah, I think out of the options a Linux, but the fact that none of them worth a pickup is also an option. I think I might go with that option. Um. Okay, talk the magic would trade. Yeah, so look, we—I mean, we thought that maybe Fultz would be on the move here. Another guy that that they didn't move off from. Um, what do we think that their value, Suggs and Fultz, in a points league, going forward? I—I I mean, neither of them are—I I think are great points league players. Um, they're better suited to category leagues. Are they must roster in a points league? I would say probably not. Uh, maybe. Faults over Suggs, but I don't know. I, I don't think either of them in, in a points league are, are, are inside the top 100. Yeah, I, I agree. I, like you said, better suited for category leagues and nothing changed at the deadline. So I don't think if they weren't rostered before, then just leave them on the waiver wire. But 
like you said, I don't think, I mean, I'm pulling up quickly the category number numbers. Neither of them is in the top hundred and they're better in category leagues because they're both pretty good at steals. So can't imagine yeah, that they're ranked in the top hundred in points leagues. So, no, yeah, they're, they're really both around like 20, 20 fantasy points a game, which, you know, yeah. that's barely rosterable yeah. in, in uh, points leagues. All right, so keeping those points league ranks up there because you've got them up and it means I don't have to, is Gary Trent an ad in deeper 12-team points league? Um, I don't think much changes for him. I think he, if he hasn't been um, if he hasn't been a, a rosterable player, then, yeah, I probably wouldn't be adding him. I don't think, he, I don't think he's an ad. He's worse than Fultz and Suggs on a per game basis. So, yeah, I mean, all he does is if you can get him the day that he drops 25 or 28, like, sure, he's worth it, but that's not going to happen too often. So, yeah, no. I wouldn't, I, I'd look past him. Uh, do we think a Kongwu will start? This is an interesting one. He He's starting now, obviously. He was good yesterday. Um, when Capella comes back, which is going to be after the All Star break, I would assume. Do we think that a Kongu starts over Capella? Are we are we finally there that where where the Hawks roll with him as the starter, or do they go back to Capella? Um, Noah, what do you think? I don't think we should get our hopes up. Um, I think initially it was like a four game timeline that he was going to be out, so there's a chance that he returns before the All Star break because I think they have one game after that that he would technically like that timeline would work for him to play. But imagine that he's come back after the All Star break, unless the Hawks roll off a bunch of wins and a Congo averages a 2010 with two blocks um, and a three per game because he's hitting those now. Like that's probably the only scenario in which case they say, Hey, we're just going to roll with the hot hand. We've been winning. Um, a Congo playing phenomenal. Let's just have him start play 26, 28 minutes and have Capella come off the bench. But unless that specific scenario happens, I just, I imagine that Capella is going to start as soon as he's back healthy, but maybe I'll be wrong. Hopefully I'll be wrong. Yeah, I struggle to see that they're just gonna give the uh, center minutes to a to a Congo like going forward. So, eh, yeah, I, I would feel like I don't, I don't think they're gonna start with Capella back, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, and last question: What is a Linux value? We've talked a little bit about a Linux. Um, if I had to sum up its value, I'd probably say ceiling. If he can get 28 minutes, he's probably top 80, maybe, top 90. Floor is probably top 130, 140, if he's getting sort of 25 minutes. Um, he's averaged on the season. Uh, he's the 150th ranked player in nine category leagues in 20 minutes. So I guess extrapolating that to 25 minutes per game, he probably comes up to around... Um, yeah, 120, 130 uh, would need, which makes him rosterable. It makes him, he, he's worth considering, but I wouldn't say must roster. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, looking at it, he's 150th, but just looking at how the, the numbers are impacting that, shooting 56.2% from the floor, but only 5.2 attempts per game, 84.2% from the line, only 1.9 attempts per game. Like those are, two of his stronger categories and then obviously well also I guess not obviously the turnovers and the assists are good uh for a big but if he's playing 25 minutes per game and can get to say 12 points and a three per game and like six rebounds and like I think that's pretty solid but 
I think a lot of it is just he's pretty efficient, and that's what does numbers for his for his value. So he may be a top one fifty guy. Like I'd say, I don't think he's necessarily a must roster in twelve team leagues and deeper leagues like sixteen, fourteen teams. Then you could probably consider, it, especially if you only have one center on your roster. Then I think that that's a good justification to uh, have him on your team. But yeah, and know. is there an impact on Pirtle's value here? Dan? Probably, probably some, you know, because I think that now you have a guy that can clearly step in and play that center position. So maybe we see Pirtle's minutes, like, kind of go to, I don't know, maybe there is a time, a realistic timeshare that could happen here. I do see some appeal to Kelly Linick if he can play 25 minutes. Like, when he sees at least 24 minutes a game, he's averaging like 9.7 rebounds and five assists. Like, that's that's definitely worthwhile with some efficiency in fantasy. Like we could be looking at a around the top 100 guy. Um, I feel like he will probably affect him, but not to the point where it's going to drastically change the landscape of Jacoperto going forward. I think he's still firmly in the top 70, 80 range, and then yeah. whatever Alinek gets will just be you know a nice add on waivers type of thing. But as Noah said, I, I don't think he's a must roster as a as a result of this trade. No, I think and and because we talked about here the the point guard situation in, in Toronto and, and for me part of the appeal of Alinic is the fact that he can facilitate um, right. he yeah. and that so while his value might be one twenty or one ten the fact that he can give you five or six assists on any given night and a steal and a three I, I don't know it makes him a little bit more useful in, in certain situations so. Um, yeah, I don't mind him. Should I add a beard in the off-season? Thanks, Matty G. Um, yes. I would love to, as I've said on, on this show a couple of times, I, I can't because I have to sticky-tape my mouth shut every night with my CPAP machine. So if I have a beard that I can't tape my mouth shut, my mouth opens, I snore, and the machine is useless. So <laughs> given I spent like two or $3,000 on this machine, it's something that I need to to keep using and... Uh, yeah, sadly, it means I can't grow a beard. I would love to. Maybe you can just get it's like, like I a, could. What would it be called? Just like just around your chin, your jaw, no mustache, yeah. just just a little patch down at the bottom. I think that I could do that. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would love to have a big, um, a big beard. Like, um, uh, uh, what's the uh, what's the Brooklyn coach um, Vaughn? Oh, it's Jack Vaughn. Oh, Jack Vaughn. I'd love to have a big he's got beard a good like beard. that, but. He's got a yeah. That's that's like my like fifty six year old beard. Whenever whenever I get to that point, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, I've kept you guys long enough. Um, I know you've got plenty of work to be to be doing. Um, Noah, what what have you got coming up? I know. You, I mean, you've got your Tank Me Later show, and then you've got some stuff going on at Roto World as well. Yeah, the Tank Me Later show. I think we'll get back on track with that next week. Now that there's obviously a good bit to talk about with the trade deadline. Not as much as we would like, but a good bit to recap. Hopefully some dynasty impact there. I'm going to do another, because I had my dynasty rankings done last month, but I'm going to get an update, like a post-trade deadline update done and out. Um, I think that'll be on the Roto World site. Um, and then hopefully do a Tank Me Later episode, kind of breaking that down. Um, over at Roto World, I think Zach is doing kind of a waiver wired like his usual waiver wired column uh that he does thursday nights into friday mornings but also with trade deadline recap and impact so it should be a nice lengthy column with plenty of puns if you're used to reading zach's work so it should be good 
And Dan, uh, you, you've obviously got your Roto World show every week with Raf yeah. and, um, uh, and Vaughan. And Vaughan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Yahoo, what's happening over there? Uh, yeah, so I just came out. I already dropped a uh, trade tracker, fantasy impact trade tracker for Yahoo. So check that out if you want to read about all the trades that we just talked about. A little bit less Kelly Olenek talk, but <laughs> he's in there, I promise. <laughs> Um, and then later today I'll have the winners and losers of the deadline that should be out probably in the next couple hours. And then tomorrow we're actually going to have our trade reaction show with the Roto world basketball show. So check that out. Join us. Um, and yeah, I think we'll, we'll all just kind of just be consuming a lot of this trade talk. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting rotational changes over the next few days. So just kind of reacting to that and seeing how things kind of shape out here, but for being as uneventful as it was, I think we still got at least plenty to talk about today. So thanks for having yep. me on, Kingy. No worries. Yeah, thanks thanks for, for coming on, guys. And remember, for tonight's games, there's going to be some players missing. Like, So there will be some value where there might not be value in a few days. So um, if you're looking to stream, just, just check out which teams made moves, and it means there might be some uh, more minutes available very, very short term. Uh, that will do it then for today's show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, remember to check us out uh, on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, fbibasketball.com. Uh, if you want to jump over to the website and head to our Discord server. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.